But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will I mean, you don't even have to think about it. Like, so let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to do rhyme it. Just yeah, that's where he just Ooh, ran down. Everybody, amazing. I'm not going to remember any of it. That's the way to go. All over the Rams today and Rammy. I mean, now he's like on his feet. How are you? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers the Pod. I'm your host, Dean, and I'm joined by the other host of this show and my brother, Nick. And Nick, what are we, three and seven at this point? How are you? Are you okay? Uh, every time I watch the intro for our show, and it's like Super Bowl highlights and us dancing, and then you cut to us right now and we're three and seven, it's, just, <laughs> it's like so sad. It, Comment yeah. below if you would like a new intro. Yeah. So it'll take me like three hours, but yeah, if that's what you guys want, sure. Yeah. It, it uh, it'd be like in Team America when uh, when they do the theme song and it's like the, the bummer version. America. Fuck. Fuck yeah. I think that's uh, where we're trending, unfortunately. Do you I mean, know I- how to ram it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you just contact Elton. You have his cell phone number. Send him a text or get him on FaceTime. And, he was uh, just here. Elton John was just here at Dodger Stadium. After the Dodger Stadium, I was like, Elton, I got a guest bedroom. It's where I record my podcasts. <laughs> you want to stay over? And he was like, yeah. He played some poker last night, and we were talking about the season. And um, he was just really upset with, the, uh, with how they look coming out of uh, just another really bad loss and losing somebody. And – and I was like, Elton, you know, I agree with you. I mean, there's Elton John, there's Taron Killam, there's Yo Gotti. Who was the other guy that was a big Rams fan? Was it Yo Gotti? Oh. Guy slapped hands with Robert Woods. Oh, that I guy. I can't remember even. Can't even remember what his name. It feels like it was ten years Young ago. Young Thug. No, it wasn't. It wasn't Young Thug. No. I actually I completely forget. I think it was Yo Gotti. I can't remember. Regardless. All the celebrities are upset. The Rams brothers are upset. All the whole the whole fan base is really just kind of disgruntled at this point. Because what is there to do as a fan right now? What are you rooting for specifically? Who are you watching? Do you want to see young kids, some kids that you could build into a potential supplemental player or you know, could eventually develop them into a core contract? YG. These rookies, you know, some of these guys that are up and coming, do you feel like it's next man up mentality, or is it like whole locker rooms checked out at this point. Um, personally, also sidebar, it was YG. Oh, right. Thank you. Is that, that doesn't stand for young thug. Yo Gotti. You mean? Uh, oh, no, it doesn't. Two completely different guys. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Thank yo, God. Probably yo, fans listening to this that are like, are you kidding me? How could you forget YG? You idiot. Sorry. 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 Uh, um, what I watch for now, like going forward, is uh, my boy Jared Goff. I'm rooting for the Lions because oh, even no. – no, no, because even – like we you can't even think about, oh, well, at this point, let's just tank because that pick goes to the Lions. 
I know. So it, so it, like, it kind of just goes like, oh, more reasons to root for golf, um, which is funny. But I like I I legitimately think this was a this was a Sean McVay selling his soul to the devil. Um, like, give us a Super Bowl. Doesn't matter what the outcome comes next. Like, we, you know, we'll still have our guys. You know, I'm going to be here as long as our core is here. And it's like the core is here right now and you suck. So it's, it is difficult to find things to root for. I actually really liked what I saw out of Allen Robinson and Tutu Atwell. Tutu Atwell, amazing, you know, huge chunk play. Doesn't see another snap. No, limited snaps. It's seven snaps. The one snap was the touchdown, the 65-yard touchdown, where he broke a top speed of, what, 21 miles per hour, his first touchdown reception. And the other six, Nick, he was a run blocker. Five foot five, 165 pounds, soaking wet with pads on is run blocking. So, I mean, that's you could go back and forth with Sean McVay for the rest of the night just on that topic specifically. Was it not coverage downfield that he saw that, you know, Tutu Atwell was stretching the field, opening things in the first and second level for Allen Robinson, Ben Skronik, Brandon Powell? No, it just it seemed like that was it. It was the one deep shot. You know what this team is capable of when they get some explosives? It makes the whole rest of the offense look like it's capable of, of doing these things consistently week over week. It makes the bad drives not look so bad. We can call it that. And I hate constantly going into um, the half with hope. 14-10, the Tampa game, we're leading at half. And it like I'm like, oh, my God, you know, they're going to do it. They're going to make a run. Like, they actually don't look that horrible. And then they come out the second half almost as if, like, they got a talking to to, like, tone it down, you know? Like, the, the like second, the defense, oh my God, deep fourth yeah. quarter have been horrible for this team this year. Defense lets uh, two immediate touchdown drives. Uh, Perkins come in, comes in, actually kind of shows a little signs of life. And I mean, from the run game alone, but still. Um, and it, it, it's just sad. It's just really sad. Yeah, I think I thought he made a couple of good passes, but like this is kind of a reoccurring theme. And you know what? You're on your fourth left tackle. Like Niseki goes down, Matthew Stafford blindside isn't protected. You got Bobby Evans playing left tackle, and that's where everything starts to go downhill. Like your investment in the offseason has to be left tackle, has to be safety, has to be edge rusher. Like you need these core players. Like the and you know you build upon the core of Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Cooper Cup if you're able to keep that all intact by adding somebody like a Brian Burns or, you know, a bona fide left has, if you could add somebody of, of, you know, Tyron Smith's level or Trent Williams or somebody that's, you know, of that caliber, which is almost impossible to get because you don't have a top tier draft pick that, but you're missing all of those things. And it's so difficult to be able to put together four quarters of football when you don't have all of that stuff. You see in the second go down immediate drop off. In terms of pass for Stafford's getting hit in his own end zone. Now you have this whole Stafford conspiracy with the concussions and what his wife is saying on podcasts. And by the way, everybody wants to side with the family in this scenario because the team is so goddamn bad. So it's really tough to be. But I mean, in, just in the first half alone, started the game with three run calls, two straight to Henderson and then one to Brandon Powell. And I think they went three and out, Nick. So and then we hear that Henderson today actually had a knee issue prior to the game starting, and which is that's the reason why the 
the, the usage of Akers and Kyrie Williams and Daryl Henderson was all so off, right? Because this is a guy that when it's time to get, you know, into the thick of the season, you got a lower body injury, you got a knee, you got a groin, a hamstring. It's like, that's what happens when you have to eventually rely on Daryl Henderson. And then you got to watch Cam Akers and Kyron Williams try to make something out of nothing. But it seemed like in the first half of this game, there was somewhat of a legitimate commitment to the run game. Yeah, I think more more so than I can remember in yeah. the McVay regime of the last like three years that there was commitment to the run game. And it's just it stinks because I swear to God, they would get two really strong runs and it, it would be continuous third and ones. Like they could they like one more yard and you're moving the chains before you even get to third down. Yep. Um, but they're getting stopped like just short, which was kind of like, you know, the recipe of the entire uh of the entire day just like getting to that third down and then just being like well we kind of got nothing else here going forward so i have a tweet in the drafts that said if the rams run the ball 30 times or more we'll give away a free rams brothers t-shirt guess how many times they ran the ball 29 30 oh wow right on the head i mean it's that's a push that's a push it's a push everybody's safe we don't have to spend any money great but like there's I think the usage is is strange, right? And Cam Akers actually looked good. That 90 flip on fourth and inches that they gave to Cam Akers in space, I thought was impressive. Like at one point in the first half, they had eight consecutive run plays. So there was a legitimate commitment to the run game, which I thought was fine. They missed on a deep shot to Allen Robinson early on a third down early, but later found him in the end zone. I thought that the you know, the the relationship between Stafford and Allen Robinson seems to be growing a little bit. There's not that high volume target. That, that Cooper Cup is, you're not going to see him get targeted 14, 15 times a game, but you'll see five catches for 50 yards and a touchdown, which is not something that, Nick, you want to shy away from in your flex on your fantasy squad. Right. Also, for those keeping track, Dean and I both um, needed a huge win in fantasy, and we both achieved it this weekend. Nobody cares. Allen Robinson was very, very beneficial for me this week. I think he yeah, had, he had a 14. solid 12.5 points or whatever like 14. it was. Like 14. And you won by 0.4. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well, hold on, hold on. If we're going to sidebar, um, I got a text from Dean earlier in the week. He's like, Nick, you have to play Tony. Uh, Cladarius, Tony? Cladarius, yeah. Cladarius, he's like, if you want to win, you have to play him. And I got Mooney sitting as my second wide receiver. And I'm like, I don't know. But I don't, I don't think that's great. But Dean ends up talking me into it. And I'm up 0.4. And I'm like, to, all Tony has to do is just not play. You know? <laughs> like, just don't fumble or anything. Or, you know, catch it behind the line scrimmage and get sacked. And I couldn't have been more happy when he was ruled out after uh, – after the first uh, the first two quarters. Yeah, weird. There's like, I guess that injury from New York was actually legitimate, had a hamstring and had to come out of the game. But uh, you're safe, Nick. You got the W. No, uh, thanks to you. Yeah, you know what? I think it's a, it's a matter of being prepared for things, right? I mean, like you were, I think your team was good enough and your team has been good enough to be able to make a couple of mistakes and still get away and win games. If the Rams made a couple of mistakes in this game, they would have been able to get away with it. Instead, they made probably six or seven massive mistakes. One of them was Juwan Johnson. 
He's a guy that is probably on your waiver wire in fantasy. He's the number one tight end for the New Orleans Saints. He beat Troy Hill on a big third down early, had a touchdown catch in the first half, was his fifth in five games. And uh, I think Ramsey was the one that was on him, and he was asking for a push-off on Juwan Johnson's first touchdown. Not a push-off at all. wasn't a push-off at all. Just a bigger, stronger tight end getting position with his body. And um, the sad thing is, is that we previewed Juwan Johnson. Like, there was a legitimate preparation that you need to be able to have for top 10 tight ends in this league. And that's a guy, five touchdowns in five weeks. He keeps finding the end zone. He's finding vacancies in, in zones. And, you know, that's how you get beaten. You know, the whole first half was just a roller coaster. Ashawn Robinson hurts his knee. You saw the touchdown pass from 2-2 Atwell. You're seeing Taysom Hill. So there was a mix and match of, of personnel. Um, but Andy Dalton goes out and plays one of the best games of his life. Right? He threw for three, 300 yards and three touchdowns. You saw a little bit of Kyron Williams in the first half. He made a nice play on the second and seven where he made a catch in space and that made a man miss. I thought he looked pretty explosive. Um, you know, that's that's a guy too. Like Kyron Williams, if Daryl Henderson is hurt, go 25 carries to Kyron. We want to see if he could manage a full game workload. You want to see if he can get into a rhythm, if he could be the future guy. I think he looks a little undersized, but he's certainly quick. Yeah, yeah, I, I liked what I saw from him. As as far as the defense goes with Ramsey, I, I I'm seeing more and more of the um LeBron mentality, right? Where it's like, I want a ring, I am important, I'm a important piece of this team, uh, I'm an important piece of the NFL. And if something doesn't go go my way, I'm gonna absolutely like it can't be my fault, you know what I mean? Um because I like he played that push off back, and I'm sure in the moment it was a little more hands, but mm-hmm. there was nothing there. And he's getting beat like multiple times a game to the point where I know as a player, I'm sure it's nice under the uh, Morris regime because he like they speak on how they have a lot of freedom, uh, like to kind of make those big executive calls. But then it like you're putting the entire blame almost essentially on yourself at that point when you say something like that. And then now week in and week out, you're getting a, you know, multiple, um, you know, highlights of people just looking great, uh, you know, burning you. It's going to yeah. come back to haunt you. Dean, continue talking. I'm going to plug my the charger in my laptop real fast. Yeah, so, sure. Uh, please, please do. Um, yeah. Chris Olave is one of those guys that, I mean, he's leading the league in receptions and catches um, I'm not sure who it was. I think it's, I saw Sosa reposted today, though. Sosa was not directly comparing him, but reposted a tweet that said Chris Olave is a good comparable receiver to Torrey Holt, which is a really, really good comparison. He has that that deep down the field ability. He plays really well in space, catches with his hands. He stabs at the ball like he's just a. You could tell some guys are big time receivers in this league. And although Olave doesn't have the size that some receivers do have, I think he's just as good as it gets in terms of a rookie. So their first round pick is working out well. And we were talking about too, Nick, the domino effect that could potentially happen to the Saints if they continue to lose games in a row. But because you have a first round pick and Chris Olave is putting up wide receiver one numbers, you obviously have some good pieces on defense. You know, there's there are other players, Juwan Johnson. And uh, you saw Juice Landry have a catch in this game, have a touchdown catch. Like, these are all guys that are willing to contribute to the offense. And uh, it very much seems like the entire house 
of dominoes is not falling as quickly when you have players like that in first rounds and second rounds are immediately stepping up and beating the once Super Bowl champions. So Yeah, yeah. And it also just kind of goes to show, like, you know, F them picks, which the Saints kind of also did as well, and they're kind of in, like, a little bit of, like, cap hell going into the future. But when you can get a first-round talent like that, and, you know, they're projected to be a really great wide receiver, it's going to help your team. It's going to impact them immediately. Right. And the Rams were looking elsewhere. And, you know, you can point backwards and and you can say, good thing we got rid of them because we won the Super Bowl last year. But I don't think anybody expected the drop-off to be this soon. Like, we all expected, like, the ship to go down eventually, uh, you know. But there's something about, you know, you like – you won the Super Bowl last year. Our uniforms compared to the Saints uniforms almost look like two different leagues. You know, it's like ours are like so bright. And like, I love them personally, but that shine is going to start to look like, you know, fake metal pretty soon. Like three and seven and your team comes out looking like the flashiest team ever. Like that is not a good look. Yeah. I mean, what it's, it seems like they're, in a position where you could just, you know, throw stones at a glass house because yeah. that's what they are right now. They're the glass yeah. house. You can pick on the uniforms or whatever. My only thought was that the Saints uniforms remind me of the Millennium when they played Ram Saints back in 1999 in the wild card game, and they had that gold incorporated into the uniform, the old St. Louis gold. So I was just thinking back to the – because I was watching Ram Saints. I was watching Jim Everett, Ram Saints, and obviously Everett has an affiliation with the Saints too because he – previously played with them right so i that's kind of what i think of with the uniforms but it's like they're they're a glass house right now you could throw stones at missing on draft picks you can go creed humphrey over to do well like there's so many different creed humphrey last night on sunday night football al or al michaels and chris kongsworth calling him number one uh center in the league right so there's there's some heartache that comes with just not being in a, a top position to make a draft pick and then being risky when you're in the second round or the third round and you're trying to hit on a player that maybe you, you overstretched on because you don't have a, a pick in a later round and you're afraid they're not going to fall all the way to you in the draft. Like that's why the whole this whole process is so difficult and it's so reliant on them hitting on four or five players in late rounds every single year, which is an anomaly in this league. Like that doesn't happen. It's only sustainable for so long. So it's it's no surprise that injuries have derailed this team and because they don't have any other players in the in the stable that are ready to come out and and play at that same level that's why you're seeing such a severe drop-off yeah yeah and like the people that we are supposed to be excited for like williams you know who's going out there getting carries is i mean like you said he looks small and i'm watching that game and of course the henderson news comes out like the moment of like before the game even starts, like I had him starting on my one league. I had to pull him at the very, at the very last second. Um, but you have him in there and I'm, and I'm kind of just thinking to myself, I'm just like, I kind of just want more camp makers at this point. You know, know. like, like if we wanted to win the game, like we should have just stuck with cam, but then it's like, well, are they even playing to win? Like, you know, like at this point, are we just looking to get guys developed? So it reminds me of, uh, it reminds me of Little League Baseball 
when there's get, an obligation yeah, yeah. to get the kid in to throw for a couple innings, right? Like later in the game, like, oh, let's bring in the the son's or the coach's kid to just yeah. throw. We got to get him in the game, right? And that's kind of like the Kyron Williams methodology right now. And there's going to be a couple of players throughout the entire roster where it's like, you know, let's, let's, it's going to come at the cost of other players, but let's at least see what they got. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it's just, not a fun way to watch a team when no. when you're like you know down 19 nothing in little league and it's like all right little tommy's coming out to pitch <laughs> it's like oh god like end the game already you ever see the scene in the original bad news bears where the kid with the curly hair comes out and he can't throw a strike like he's just like uh, let me pitch coach comes out everything's bouncing the hair's all over the place he's making noises uh the original not the Billy Bob Thornton one, but the OG yeah. Bad News Bears is yeah. the one to watch. Where they're dropping F-bombs all over the place. Yeah, it's great. Drinking Budweiser's. Um, so that's what I felt like I was watching in the second half of this game. It's a decent transition there. Yeah, uh, I feel like I was watching the Bad News Bears. And it's it's coaching. Definitely comes down to, it comes out to execution and comes down to health. But like allowing, and there's there were no injuries on the defensive side of the ball outside of Ashawn Robinson that I was aware of. Um, Rams were winning this game at the half 14 to 10 saints open opening drive. Of the second half went for nine plays for 75 yards, uh-huh. almost five minutes time of possession and ended with a juice Landry touchdown. I yeah. thought Eddie Dalton, <laughs> have you ever seen him look so damn good? No, I back to the Cincinnati Bengal days when it looked like he could be a potentially decent quarterback, but then lost playoff games and wild card rounds. And I don't, good. I mean, in recent memory, I, I have I've never seen Andy Dalton look that great, and I don't know how many uh, people were going to like make their highlight reel this year. Like Dalton, if he wants to start somewhere next year, or Colt McCoy, or Cooper Rush, or any of these backups that we're seeing, you know, just show them the Rams game. You know, show them the game that you play against the Rams, where you look like at, like a freaking hero. Um, <laughs> and I was very much about the defense isn't the problem. Like the offense needs to score more points. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's, it's both. It's both. They, they are both huge problems and they both need a lot of addressing. And it's a shame because at least, I mean, I'm sure you heard this during the broadcast uh, at least back in the Fisher days, our defense was like holding teams to like nine points and still losing. Mm-hmm. Um, so now when they call out, oh, that's a little Jeff Fisher action, a little special teams fun. Oh, did, you hear, did you hear that? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. that that kills me. I mean, it's the bend on break defense cannot allow explosive plays. When it does, it's breaking. <laughs> like it's bend and then break when you allow an explosive play. And I don't think this is going to maybe sound a little counterintuitive, but in theory, I don't think bend on break makes all that much sense. Now that I've thought all the way through it, 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 maybe it's going to make me sound dumb. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's going to make me sound like I don't know football. I don't really care. But it doesn't, the bend don't break part, doesn't that exhaust defenses? When defenses are on the field for seven, eight plays for eight to 10 minutes, even five minutes in this situation, coming out of the half, like what are they even, how are you even exhausted in four and a half minutes and eight plays? But I mean, that's what I'm afraid of is they run eight plays, nine plays, 10 plays. And now the defense is within the, the, you know, the 20 yard line and they're in the red zone and you have to now kind of like, it doesn't really make any sense to me. No, no, I agree. 
Like and once you get into the 20 yard line, now your your defense is completely gassed. And now you have to play your toughest form of defense to keep them out of the end zone. Yeah. And not only is it uh like, you know, then don't break. It's like, let's let them get to the end zone or at least come up with like a very long drive. Yeah. So then our offense can come out there and our offense like has to score in like sometimes like a small window because we bended and we didn't broke, you know? And it's just like that only that model can only work when you have the 2021 Rams or the 2018 Rams. And you have a pass rush. Yeah. Pass rush is what you need. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's it's strange because you're reliant on young defensive backs to make tackles in the open space, and then you're also reliant on the defensive backs who are young, safeties who are young, capable of making mistakes. They play with so much freedom in this defense. Like There's going to be a lot of optionality that receivers do have if they're in man versus zone, and the Rams haven't been good in man this year, which is probably why they're predominantly in a soft zone. Because yeah. teams know that they could exploit matchups with specific players when they're in man. And I just don't know if the methodology makes sense. I don't think a ton of Rams fans would miss Raheem Morris a ton if he went to go be head coach somewhere else. See, now, I mean, like, a lot of thing ha- things have changed where it was like McVay could retire off into the sunset. And now it's like, oh, he's going to, like, is he going to have the offers? Like, um, he, he's coaching like this is like one of the worst situations I've ever seen for uh, like a head coach um, like yeah. to kind of come like why would anybody want like to have him you know on their broadcasting thing and then mainly this is more for like Raheem where it's like what are the Rams doing well this year with Allen with Aaron Donald with Jalen Ramsey um, coming off a of Super Bowl like why would anybody want to hire him as a head coach? Yeah, Maybe and then because he's and then also, I mean, long, interviews well, yeah. good with the players, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, like you know, he has a resume and he and and he won a Super Bowl, uh, but like a lot of this town is, what have you done for me lately? You know? Yeah, that's the fear. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. And then it's like, and and then it's like, how many more years of winter do we have with him? You know? Yep, totally. Well, I, and I think too, like that's one phase of three offense we've been complaining about for eight weeks now. The special teams is a completely separate unit. If it weren't for Matt Gay and Brandon Powell, I mean, this would be like everybody's least favorite special teams unit in the entire league. Did you see what the the Patriots did to the Jets on the final play of the of the game on Sunday? Yeah. The punt return for a touchdown. Yeah, you know that's the kind of like you need blockers in second and third levels. Right, you need guys that can that can bust long plays. Like special teams is such an asset to have. I'm so tired of the trickery. Like, go out and hire the Patriots special teams coordinator next year, and come to the table with a dominant special teams unit. One that blocks punts, one that returns kicks. You saw Cordell Patterson return a kick yesterday. Obviously, that's he is just a freak of nature, and that's not exactly what you can be striving for week to week because you can't expect that. But it's it's just sad that it's reverted to the era where they were just so desperate that they were reliant on running a trick play on special teams. Like that's where we're at right now. And the trick plays and special teams actually kind of like won them games. So not only are you like imitating it, but you're imitating it poorly. Right. That's like Johnny Hecker like would like, you know, save games in like crucial moments. So it's for like to 
like I'm fine with mixing that in at this point because what the hell else do you have? But I just hate it. I think like, you're not even like doing it well, you know? I think it's a joke. Yeah, <laughs> it is a joke. It's a, just a laughing stock. It's embarrassing as a fan. You'll watch your punter try to throw a pass. Just give me a fucking break with that. I hate that. I don't, I just don't want a special teams coordinator that has that anywhere near their playbook. Just, yeah, that's fair. Just play sound fundamental special teams football and win. Have good gunners, have good coverage, have good hands teams, and win on special teams every single time. Yeah. Not that not that hard. Would be if you need me, would be a great special teams coordinator. Yeah, I think uh I think we gotta get Dean out there. I get the guys going. Um, yeah, I mean there's there's so much stuff that I feel like has come out of this team over the past couple of weeks. The Colt McCoy comment to Sean McVay after the Cardinals game that they had a really nice game plan for Aaron Donald and they had four offensive linemen out is the epitome of what this season really is. Hey, mm. Sean McVay's face. They did the, uh, was it the breakfast club? It was a clip that I saw. I don't know. I, I, I didn't see he, it. He looked into the camera and he was like, yeah, this is me. You're probably wondering how I got here. What is that from? <laughs> uh, is what's it? it called? Uh, freaking, uh, so it's That's like a lot of things. Ferris Bueller is the first Ferris thing that's going candles on. Or, yeah, one of those old like 80s, 90s movies. Um, and that's the kind of situation that we're in. Like, They don't have enough from a pass rush standpoint, from an offensive line standpoint. They suck in the trenches. They're just bad in the trenches. Yeah. And that's, that's how you, you form a losing team. So, And then there's the concussion situation. What, what is your stance on the concussion situation? Are you fine to shut him down for the rest of the year? Well, do you know anything that I don't know? Because I haven't listened to um, Kelly's podcasts. Yeah. I mean, you we have a mother. We have You have a girlfriend. I have a wife. Like, you know how protective they would be in that situation. You have to think like the level and our, if anybody listens to the podcast knows our mom, she will go to the next level to make sure that we are completely okay in any situation. She's the best mom in the entire world. And that's what Kelly Stafford is. Kelly Stafford has four really, really young kids. She has an amazing husband. She has a family. I think her family just moved on to essentially the Stafford ranch so that they could all be together in Los Angeles and why would you ever want that for the, you know, for your husband or for your wife, a guy that can't see straight when he turns 50 or has CTE issues or, you know, it's it, these things. You cannot get a concussion twice in three weeks. Like it's just proven. And this year with Tua and David Edwards, like there's too much that's coming out in this league. That's really putting, I think, the entire league in a, in a bad position. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I so where do I stand with like if he should play or if he shouldn't play? Yep. And honestly, at this point, what's the point? Yeah, I don't. I, I'm sure he wants to get out there, but and you know he's a competitor and he's going to want to win every game. But you're not going anywhere. Like we have nothing left this season. This is the bleakest you'll have me. Um, because there's, I don't, yeah, he shouldn't play. There's, there's no point. No, no, understandable. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, if, if it means he's going to come back for another year or two, right. If, it, yeah. if him coming in and playing this year again, means he's going to get a concussion again, and then potentially he's going to have to retire because there's been too many, 
or his family's so terrified, like, yeah, I would want him to sit out. Yeah, but then it's like if he starts sitting out now, it, like, what's would he even come back next year? Like, there could be like a freaking like the Rams could have Cooper Cup next year and maybe nobody else. Aaron Donald retires, Stafford could retire. Um, yeah, that could be where we are as a team. Not ready to go there quite yet. Yeah. But they they sold in that they're going to keep the core intact. And when the core breaks up, then it's like we're talking about the Beatles. Yeah. You know, it's it's such a weird situation because no team does this to themselves. No team forms a core. Like there's no selling your soul for a Super Bowl. There's no fuck them picks. Like this no. is all stuff that they they built. It's their own narrative that they legitimately built on their own. So the future of this team, bleak, potentially, yeah. but I have full confidence in this regime that they could turn. Like you could turn around a football team in six months. It's very possible. Right. So. I, I mean, just look at the other teams around the league. Like it's yeah. it's insane how, how quickly turnarounds can happen in this league. That being said, um, I just don't. The people in this building outside of Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup are not people that I can feel comfortable saying, yeah, like let's let's build on these people. Like let's let's find a couple like great guys that we can kind of, you know, make our captains and inspire hope into new people coming into LA. Because right now it doesn't feel like anybody even cares. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of things you have to do to sell it in. Right. You kind of have to tell them that we're going to try to run it back next year. You know, there's, we're going to be playing a fourth place schedule. You could be playing the easiest schedule in the entire league based on how this season's going. You know, we're going to hire a new, a new personnel guy. We're bringing back Aubrey Pleasant on the defensive backs. You know, Brad Holmes from the Lions. Now, these are all guys that used to be here, but vacancies that have, have been lost that players, I'm sure, notice as well. You have a meeting. Right, you have a meeting with Les and Stan and Sean and Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Matthew Stafford, and you get everybody in a room together and you say, look, this is our plan for the next couple of years. These are the core players we're going to build off of. These are the hires we're going to make to attempt. These are the free agents we're going to go after and just hit the ground running. Like From now until the first game next year, you have to be able to be backing the plan that you're selling into your players in order to keep them within your franchise. They're the revenue drivers. The players, they're selling the merch. They're getting yeah. people to the games. How many Rams fans are going to a football game without Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup on the field right, right. now? You know? So. Well, I mean, I don't even think many fans are going at all. Yeah. Well, that's, that makes me sad in its own right. Well, I, I mean, you know, it's Los Angeles. There's a lot of stuff to do here. Yeah, totally understand. I, like, I mean, I've been there a it's, bunch. It's there's something to do everywhere. It's, yeah. it's you almost feel it when you're relaxing in LA that you could be doing something else. The excellence is, you know, is what you have to strive for because they're not a continued source of like uh, winning culture. Yep. Or just even like a team. So no, like like they're brand new. The Lakers are established royalty. The Dodgers are established royalty. And the Rams are new. So you have to, like, a Super Bowl, we thought that was going to be the turning point. But in actuality, it it wasn't. You know, like, competitive football, continuous. I mean, that helped. But then to follow up this year with a dud, you're not going to get 
the people like you know we thought we were gonna have kids growing up like uh, rams are the new dynasty like no no like the chiefs are the dynasty you know like that's what a real like continued good team looks like and when you you know this it kind of felt feels like like we almost like bought a championship by going all in and getting all these big guys and then you start losing them one by one and the injury bug hits you and but all they of still sudden, were they still were a dynasty and you know i was actually going back and forth with myself for a couple of minutes and i was thinking is the 2000 or 1999 1998 1999 to 2003 is that the greatest stretch of rams football ever or is it 2017 to 2022 yeah Mm. You know, because they're very, very comparable. They won. They went to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl, and lost the Super Bowl. Right. right? I mean, yeah, you could probably argument could be made for both. I would think. Yeah, and you know what? What's really frustrating? I, I thought that the Rams in 2000 and 2001, if they were to beat the Patriots in that second Super Bowl, they're the new dynasty. Tom mm -hmm. Brady isn't born for a couple of more years. And right, and they might not even have trusted Tom Brady to have a career. Uh, Tom Brady, the year after he won the, his first Super Bowl, not a good year. He probably had three or four years sprinkled in within his first eight or nine that were not top tier, were not MVP, tore his ACL the one year, you know? Right. So, yeah, that's my fear is that they're not going to be the dynasty that we originally thought that they could have been under Sean McVay, but they still were a form of a Rams dynasty compared to what we've had in the, the history, the greatest history of this team so far. Yeah, yeah. I guess we kind of are, and maybe I'm, I'll listen back to this podcast, and, and I'll say, are we spoiled now at this point? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Because we're over here, like, I'm in, like, you know, bleak as bleak can be, like, sitting here like, oh, I, I can't believe this. And we just won a Super Bowl. We went, like, four years ago. Like we have had a great block of Rams football that has mm -hmm. sparked a podcast, you know, like had the Rams been trash. I don't think you and I would have uh, committed so much time to something like this. The massive trajectory of this team over the years, the move to Los Angeles, the hire of Sean McVay, the greatness that has come out of this franchise is yeah. not what attracted us. And I, this is one thing too. just sidebar before we move on. One thing that I always liked to do when I was a kid, when the team was so bad, I always like to rep my stuff when I'm out more because it reminds me of being a kid. Like it reminds me of like the tough times when I felt like I had to convince my friends and everybody that was in my circle that I was a diehard Rams fan was never, ever moving off of that team. And now, you know, Rams fans have that same opportunity to where the team is trending downward but like you're still a Rams fan. They're still a great organization, especially compared to some of the, the teams that your friends root for the Vikings. You know, you give them a hard time all the time. The Eagles only have one, you know, yeah. there's, there's so many, um, so many good things that have happened with this franchise for me to, to be bleak. Like it's, it's great that we get to do this. And yeah. the, the team is the, really the reason why there's people that actually do listen. Yeah. Not, Maybe a little yeah. odd. The I hope we're a part of the reason why people listen. <laughs> I, hope, I hope we're a little tiny piece of it. Maybe a little, little bit. It's like, oh yeah, Rams football with your two favorite Italian people from New Jersey. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, that's, it's that's like uh, two Italian guys are plumbers and video game stars. It's uh, yeah. Somebody asked me recently. They were like, "Was Mario being Italian one of the reasons why you're such a big Mario fan?" And I was, I sat there and I thought, and I was like, you know what? Definitely helps. <laughs> like it definitely helped when I was a kid when I found out. Like I knew what Mario was before I knew what you know nationality I was. <laughs> so right. So I was a Mario fan answer. before I knew he was Italian or I was. I thought, Italian. You, I thought you were going to answer something like, "Have you ever raced the penguin down the huge slippery slide to get the star?" Like that will make you a Mario yeah, fan. It's a typical day in Italy, right there. <laughs> That's what they do. Uh, you give me ten attempts, I'll fall off that slide within the first three turns ten times. Can I hear your impression of the penguins in Super Mario sixty four before I bring up more football? <laughs> That was really good. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm trying to transition that. Oh, I got it. All right, ready? Yeah. If you want to bet on penguin noises, you can't do that on Bet Online, but you can bet on basketball. Bet Online re- remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You will always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even Mario Golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Starts? Good stuff. Thank you. You are the ad reader of the century. So do you want to do Nick's picks here? Um, or do you want to do Monday pain first? Let's do a little Monday pain first. Yeah, we'll do Nick's picks after. Nick's picks. Yeah. Nick's picks Monday is pain. All right. First one. We have our boy Jason. Let me get rid of the Monday pain hashtag because it's in the way. Jason Tyra, uh, longtime fan of the pod at Turbo Fargo. Longtime Rams fan. His face is Cooper Cup. Five stages of Rams grief, he writes. Number one, blame the situation slash refs. Yep. Number two, anger at the players. Yeah, definitely. Three, depression and anxiety that playoffs could be missed. Yep. Wake up thinking, wow, this team's getting worse by the day. Four, loud audible sighs during the game. World has lost its laughter. <laughs> right, this is getting dark. Five, looks at draft prospects. Uh, yes, definitely. Okay. So understandable. There are five stages of grief with the Rams and, but it's you're griefing because they're good and because they've been so good, right? Yeah. Cause otherwise it used to grief in the Jeff Fisher days. It was another Sunday where we would be lucky if we caught them on TV or probably illegally streaming them on the laptop. And that that's what you get. Like this is a great era of Rams football. It's not over yet. You'll know when it's completely done. So try to uh, avoid the five signs of depression. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we should be um, in a position where we should be depressed right now. I, and that's coming from somebody who just did an entire podcast where I was like, "Don't even play Stafford. It's not even wh- what's it for?" Um, <laughs> because I think, I think you have to look back and you have to be happy and you have yeah. to reconcile with where we are as a team right now and just push forward and just try to enjoy it for like little things really 
look for the little stuff and yeah like enjoy twitter enjoy like the community because i think that is something that definitely keeps me keeps me bopping me too all right you got this one yeah this is from clark bloom at utah clark 75 if we can play 10 plus players now to see who will stick next season i'm all for that maybe that will keep ad slash ramsey around stafford and his concussions is huge I'll let you reply to that one. I think we should make a poll or a poll. <laughs> a poll. A poll. I think we should make a poll of like, uh, um, oh, we should, uh, you know, we should see what people think on if staffing should play or not. Because, but I like the addition of, or I like the thought of like tryouts essentially for next year. Let's see who's good enough to stick around. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. The whole Stafford thing is a little suspicious not suspicious but just like he's probably not gonna play you know i think he has the kind of relationship with mcveigh where he's like look i'm somebody that's gonna give it 110 i want to be out there i want to do this but you know my wife's in my ear i want to come back next year i don't want to be done so let's just do it the right way and let me you know sit out the next couple games and then maybe you know we can play some some fun football the last couple weeks of december but if if Clark, if I could name 10 guys that I love to be on the roster for next year that are young, up-and-coming guys that are cost-controlled, that are not going to have a huge impact on the cap overall, yep, that's a win. So look for that kind of stuff. Exactly what we're talking about with Jason. Yeah. Same exact mindset. This one's from Bruce Funterall, in parentheses, Taylor's version. I guess that's – is that a Taylor Swift reference, Nick? Yeah. Mm-hmm. At Bruce the Moose 14. So Bruce writes, offensive line needs to be prioritized. Protecting the quarterback has to be the priority right now. Stafford's not a youthful kid. That's a fact. Run game feels like what my old basketball coach called atomic chicken. Chaos, no order, running around with no point. (laughs) Fantastic. I love a good atomic chicken. Yeah, and you know what? There's moments, too, I thought, in the first, first quarter, first two quarters, where they were just not executing. Right, they're very close, and Stafford misses a pass, or it's a bad play call on a fourth and one, or they're missing a block. Like on that first, uh, first third down where Brandon Powell had the end around, it was on Higby and it was on Skoranek to seal the edge. It was two versus three. You got to be able to be, you got to be able to take one of those guys out, and somebody's got to take on a double team to spring Brandon Powell free for fifteen yards. Like play complementary football. It, that same thought process and methodology takes place when you're live on the field, like compliment one another. You got to hit a block for Brandon Powell to get around the edge and convert the first down. So there's a atomic chicken happening all over the place. Is that a, a is that a adult swim show? Robot chicken. Robot chicken. <laughs> like that, why does that sound so familiar? I'm drumstanger. Yeah, there you go. Burkong. Yeah, Diddy Kong Racing had to sprinkle that in. I love that analogy because it's exactly where we are. Um, especially if, if Perkins is going to play, like there is no plan. There is nothing oh, no. No. like they don't have a game plan for him. Like he's out there figuring it out on his own with his own two feet. And he's actually not doing that bad. I mean, I think this is my hot take. I think you win that Cardinals game. If you just let him play and you stick to more of a run dominant game, but whatever, doesn't matter. We're already well, in. You'll have a chance. You have a chance of Bryce Perkins to win a couple of games. Hey, I want to see him get his first NFL win. That would be great. 
We're you know big fans of to the three to the neck, two to the neck. Um, okay, next one. All you. Okay. At Coach Bruce, I love Co- I love Coach Bruce at Bruce Windu eighty seven. Please do not put Wolford out there if Stafford can't play again. Please go back to LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> I yes, I I saw him on the so he was not cut. I saw him on the side, so I was like, uh, great, you know, like he's still there. Um, but it was very, it was it was nice to see Perkins get out there, and like Perkins should be somebody that's like you know the, uh, a project for the McVeigh regime right now. But I don't even yeah. think fair yeah. enough to even try. Truly, I think so too. Yeah, I think Bryce Perkins has the mold of a backup quarterback. Yeah. He's got the size. He doesn't have the elite arm strength. I don't think he throws a great football, but he has the wheels and he seems like he knows the offense well enough. Even if it is a scaled back version, Bruce, you're the man. Nick Bruce is our, almost our first listener and first, like every single time that we post a podcast, I see him in the gym all the time. He's always working. He's always working out. Bruce, we love you. Appreciate you commenting. Yeah, to Bruce. Hashtag Monday pain. I'll see you at Christmas when I come work out at the gym, unless they give me a hard time again. (laughs) California license. You cannot come into the gym. That was horrible. Nah. All right. Last one. Gregory Prim at Gregory Prim. Don't be surprised to see some big names put up for sale to bring in new big names. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I, and I think there could be some animosity, but part of me thinks, uh, you know, Ramsey's not not done being a like a player in this league, but it's somebody that you could probably get a lot a lot of capital for. I'll tell you what, Jalen Ramsey in the right system, if he has somebody like Derwin James behind him for the Chargers, or if he has a Buddha Baker behind him or a Honey Badger, you know, I mean, he is a different player. Like, I yeah. think you could put Jalen Ramsey in so many different schemes. I mean, every single defense, you could figure out a way to fit Jalen Ramsey into it, or you could build your defense around what Jalen Ramsey is capable of doing because he does so many different things. And it's easier to get away from him right now because he's the only threat in the secondary. I mean, I'm throwing at everybody else, maybe not Troy Hill specifically going after Darion Kendrick, specifically going after David Long, specifically attacking the second and third level on Taylor Rapp. Nick Scott seems like he's a decent enough player to be able to stick around for a couple of years, but you're always looking to upgrade. And the back end is so important. You're seeing these stars around the league get these mega contracts. There are they're bona fide studs. Buda Baker, bona fide stud. You know, we just saw him last week play with a high ankle sprain and will his team to win in SoFi Stadium, and then Colt McCoy goes and makes fun of Sean McVay after the game because of how great of a game plan they had with four players out, four offensive linemen out, and Aaron Donald. I I don't even know if he had a sack in that game. So, yeah. You may. You may see it, You may, and it's going to hurt. I'm just going to warn you. You may see guys on the go that you really drew, you know, a lot of love towards. You bought their jersey, and – Guy could be playing for the Colts next year. Could be playing for, I don't know. <laughs> All the AFC South teams shot into my brain when I was thinking of teams. I have no <laughs> idea why. Yeah, it's I mean, a, go back to Duval, Ramsey, right? Yeah, it's the division he came from. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, that's all we got for Monday pain. 
Should we do a quick uh, little will, Knicks picks? Yeah, we could do some Knicks picks. We don't want to be doing this segment, by the way. So, uh, I mean, how many me. weeks in a row is it? It's like four weeks. Four weeks, yeah. They've lost six of the last seven, five of the last six. Now they're the double-digit underdogs going into Kansas City, as they should be. Yep. Uh, Kansas City, we're going to mix in to uh, your picks. Okay. Yeah, sound good? Yeah. Cool. All right, I'm ready when you are. Hey, everybody. What's up? <laughs> we're back. On Nick's picks, the best part of the show, some have said. Uh, definitely best part of the season. Um, Dean, we had a great week on Nick's picks last week. The Broncos really upset us, but we we did really, really well. Um, and I'm proud. I'm proud of what of coming back and proving Jake Reiner wrong. That's good. I don't know if Jake lost any sleep over it, but I know that you guys were going back and forth. So Slash if he even knows that there was beef. But that's okay. We have a new theme song that I that we're gonna play right now. Um, the staff actually told me, "Do not play this theme song. It is not the quality that your fans expect. It's not good enough. You should not play it." And I'm going against every single member of my staff, and 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 we're playing this theme song because I think I think people need to hear it. All right, I'm ready when you are. All right, let's hear Producer. it, sir. Producer? Yeah. Now. All right. It's me. Hi. I'm the best part of the week at Rams time. You're thinking about my picks. I stare directly at Dean's locks and then I turn away. It must be exhausting only listening for Nick DePicky. Only listening for my picks. <laughs> so I love that song. I can't get that song out of my head. So good. Um, the whole album is so good. The parody, though, we, I'm going to start calling you Weird Nick. Mm. Doesn't work. No, it no doesn't work because that just or, it's like an insult. No, I mean I love Weird Al. Yeah, but, did, you see the, did you see the Daniel Radcliffe? Uh, yeah, and I thought it was great. I got did a lot you, of inspiration from it. Haven't seen it yet. Haven't oh, no, it. it was really funny. To check it out. Come and get a slice into my bologna. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so good. I'm a big uh, tacky and Amish Paradise fan myself. Uh, I mean, he has so many hits. I'm just, I am honored to be, to be even thought of in the same convo as Mr. Al. I mean, you have 12 theme songs I'm looking at right now, so that's enough for an album, Nick. Yeah. Yeah, some of them are better than others. I think uh, the, fan, consider it. the fan favorite is still Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I like the Scooby-Dooby-Doo one. Oh, from Le- well, that's because it had Here I Am. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that one, that one took me out. All right, so let's get on to some actual picks. Buffalo Bills at Detroit. They are coming off of a short week. They already played in Detroit last week, and they won, and they did pretty good. And we did a Lions over tease, and it was pretty much a non-sweat. And I loved it, but I'm a little upset I didn't go Lions money line. So what I'm I'm thinking is we just run back the tease because Lions money line plus 325 is juicy. I want to see Goff duel off against a little bit of an injured uh, Josh Allen. And this Lions defense is actually cultivating a lot of turnovers. So we're going to tease Lions plus 
nine and a half. We're going to add six to nine, make it Lions plus 15 with the over. So we're going to subtract uh, six points from 53. Um, so what is that? 53 minus six, 47. 47. So that took way too long. Yeah. So Lions plus 15 and the over 47 have to both hit, which I think will be, I mean, with these two teams, the offenses will be high and flying. So I feel comfortable with that. Uh, plus 325 to me. So I'm looking at the San Francisco Cardinals game right now. It's 31 to 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but the Lions are not the Cardinals. The Lions should, are, have a, should have a way better record if their defense actually showed up in the first couple weeks. Fair. They were putting up Fair. like 38, 40. They lost to the Seahawks 41 to 45. You put up forty-one points and you lose. I just don't know what they could, what they could be. They're it seems like every other week they come out and they're a little bit different from the week prior. Yeah, you know? I know. I, I mean, they're so no fun to watch. Yeah. Hey, I got Jamal Williams on my squad. I'm oh, I, I'm also sorry, Dean. We didn't we didn't get your lock. Um. <laughs> My lock is a Juwan Johnson anytime touchdown score for the Saints this weekend. No, oh, I hate these player prop locks. No, I'm just kidding. That's a horrible lock. Um, I'm going to go uh, Rams to cover 14 and a half against the Chiefs. Oh, because that wow. is just the largest. It's going to be the largest spread of the week. It's the largest spread under Sean McVay, and it just reminds me of the. Uh, 2001 Super Bowl when the Patriots were 14 and a half point underdogs and still won the game. I, I hate I, that spread. I just hate it because of that. Yeah, I don't like that. But we will find out if that is, you know, if that is the case. And if they I don't like that so far. Oh, off to a bad start. Off to a bad start. <laughs> <laughs> Better, closer, warmer. I want to bet on, like all my picks are going to be exclusively on Thanksgiving because I just I think that's fun and this yep. is the only episode that we're releasing this week so kind of a way to have you have a little something on Thursday as well so we're going to New York at Dallas um, I know New York just lost to the Lions and you know they did not look great Saquon was held and and then on the other side the the, the Cowboys looked like you know they were feasting upon the Vikings scrums. They were so bad. They looked so crappy. Um, and now they're going to Dallas on Thanksgiving. I, I, I just think the Lions are better than – or sorry, I think the Giants are better than what people um, think that they are after a loss to the Lions because I think the Lions are better than what people think they are. So you look at a loss and you're like, ah, oh, they really lost to the, uh, the Lions? And it's like, no. The Lions have a lot of really good weapons and – they have one of the most high-scoring offenses, so you're going to have to be able to score. Now, on the other side, the Giants' defense is going to have to contain the run game with Zeke and Pollard, and that's pretty much what they do best. And the Dallas D is not – I mean, it's it, it it's quality. I was going to say, they're good against the run. I don't think they're good against the pass. They Yeah, but that being said – I would be very shocked to see two games where Saquon Barkley doesn't go off. So I know. Yeah. I'm just going to take Giants in division plus nine. Um, I don't, money lines plus 315. That is, you know, that is kind of tasty as well. But last year, 
you know, all of the money is always on the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. And I remember last year it was Raiders Cowboys. And there was some ref tomfoolery leaning towards the Raiders towards the end of that game where I was like, this feels a little, it feels like somebody's making a call. So I want to be on the side of the people making the call. I want to be Tony Soprano watching his New York Giants, even though I know he's a Jets fan, whatever. Watching the New York Giants and happy, you know, laugh, <laughs> doing a little Polly Walnuts laugh as the Giants cover nine. I think that's just too much. Yeah, I think uh, you definitely take the points there. I think nine is too much. But I think the Cowboys are uh, the best I've seen in 20 years. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I think that, and I, I think they could actually win out. That's how yeah. they are. Cowboys may be the uh, team that represents the NFC. And, you know, I know nobody likes the Cowboys. I think that would actually be kind of rad. They have been talked about so much in my lifetime, and they have really, since I was a child, when I was born during their dynasty, 1994. And I've never really seen them great. So it would be right. cool to, to see them kind of go kind of far. That's and then where, I think that's where Odell's going to go to. That would be great. I would love that. And then new, I mean, how horrible is that? I'm like, yeah, I would want to. I would want to see him in Kansas City, but yeah, I, I I understand. Yeah, pray to God he doesn't come to us at this point. So then we got New England at Minnesota. Minnesota, the second home game after looking like trash, and New England pulling one out of their ass <laughs> against the Jets. Um, I'm fine. I'm seeing all the money's coming in on uh, New England. Because of, because the D looks so good and because the Vikings look so bad, and uh oh, it's a Kirk Cousins prime time game. Yeah, what are we gonna do? D? I'm going. I'm so going. Patriots. I'll go. Oh. I'll definitely take them to cover. I would also think about taking them to to win the game. I love Vikings money line minus one fifty here. I absolutely love it. It's going to be. The ugliest game, and it's going to be in prime time, so we're going to be sitting there forced to watch it after Thanksgiving. Nothing will be open. You'll be forced to sit with your family, and I'm going to be sweating out a Kirk Cousins 58-yard field goal to win the game that they missed, (laughs) and the game goes into overtime, and I'm going to be like, Mom, what is wrong with me? Why did you raise a degenerate son? But I I just think um, my mom always used to say, don't ever gamble. It's in your blood. It's too late. I'm sorry. But I think the Vikings are just a far better team. Um, take out last week. Just throw it away. Both teams throw both performances away. You go into this any other week, and Vikings are minus like seven, probably seven and a half. Mac yeah. Jones yeah. looks like an inept uh, person. Yeah, inept. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't look like he should be a quarterback in this league at this point. Him and Zach Wilson had the had the dog doo doo off last week. Or yeah, I don't like Mac Jones. I don't like Bradley Bradley Zappy. Zappy. I mean, yeah, I mean they may even start Zappy. But either way, I think you should be fine with Vikings minus three. And I think I'm just going to be no sweat. I mean, I'm going to be sweating my my ass off. But I'll take Minnesota minus one fifty. It sounds good to me. And those are and those cousins plays in New in uh in New England. How many games he wins with Bill Belichick? Uh, six Super Bowls. <laughs> the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Is that what you got for next picks? Yeah. I mean, do you want to talk at all about Kansas City? You kind of mentioned it in your picks. I. Yeah, I mean, they're going. Kansas City's going to win the game. Oh wait, I have a quick. There's, pick. there's your preview. Kansas City is uh, going to be in control of this game. I was. Uh, I mean, if you got no Matthew Stafford, it's it's I've, not a legitimate game. I have a quick pick for you. Ready? Yeah, it's here. Kenny Pickett Monday Night Pittsburgh Steelers over Indianapolis Colts. The magic is done. Colts are. Did they put up. Uh, Steelers put up thirty points on the Bengals yesterday. Did they win? No, they lost. I think thirty-seven to thirty. Oh no! But their their offense is rolling. So yeah, understand why why you're going there. I mean, it's plus one thirty because I guess because it's in Indianapolis. But and and TJ's back, so they look the defense looked pretty solid too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, as much as I want to sit here and preview the the Chiefs, I watched Mahomes do what Patrick Mahomes does last night. Oh my god, dude! I watched I, the Chargers I, score with a minute forty-eight left, and then I watched Mahomes drive down the field with Travis Kelsey, who. By the way, I think the two best tight ends I've ever seen in my entire life are Gronk and Travis Kelsey. And yeah, then there's I, a huge drop-off. I mean, I, of course, we've seen Gates. We've seen uh, Tony Gons. We've seen, you know, trying to think of some other greats over the years. Um, but those two specifically will always be number one and two. And it's just, they're just insane. The Chiefs, yeah. They are relentlessly insane offensively. Yeah. They don't really have any weapons either. It's Kelsey. I, I'm sitting there and I'm watching the Chiefs game and I swear to God, the song that's playing in my head is not a Taylor Swift song. So I'm sorry for the abundance of Taylor Swift, but it's just, I think I've seen this film before <laughs> and I didn't like the ending because it like, there was zero, zero doubt in my mind. They don't win that game. Yeah, I know. I, I, like I, like I, a I, minute I, to drive down the field. I'm like, why did you score so fast? Brandon Staley? Like you have to know what's going on. Like I mean, they are the case of this. In that situation, you take. I mean, you can you take a knee? You know, burn out the clock. Get yourself in That's, a second down. I think that would have been bring, big brain. Brandon Staley would have been the only coach ballsy enough to do it, and he doesn't fucking do it. I mean, it's almost a situation where you have to wind the clock down as long as you can, because you know if there's any more than thirty seconds, your team is cooked with Patrick. Yeah. Brown. Yeah, so, yeah, like you can't give them any opportunities to win that game. So, yeah, I mean, and that's the point. Yeah. And they, the, the Chiefs look like they're going to win the Super Bowl again this year. And, you know, we're coming off of a four year reunion of the greatest regular season game ever, the 54 to 51 game where Jared Goff is laying it up across the goalpost. And you can't even really celebrate that anniversary because um, this it's not even going to be that same kind of game this year. Yeah. I mean, no, oh my God, no! It won't even be close to that. I mean, Jared Goff masterclass. You gotta go to Detroit to watch something like that. Um, but regardless, um, I just think oh, I think that we are boned, and I, I'm happy that we're not even previewing the Chiefs because I don't want to get into how great they are and how bad we are right now. Just for the record, only reason we're not previewing the Chiefs is because uh, our episodes fall on Thursday. Yeah, it's Thanksgiving. And uh, sorry, we love you guys, but here's sorry. my Chiefs preview. We're gonna lose. Yeah, <laughs> keep it short to the point. It's that's, over. That's, yeah, it's gonna be tough, but we'll be watching the game. Always yeah. You know what? I'm looking on to Christmas when we play Denver, a team that is equally as crappy as us. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting. Another game where all they had to do was score 19 points. We'll see, and there's games like that later on in the schedule that makes me think, yeah, the Broncos would be, what, 8-1 and one if they scored 19 points every game? 9-1? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's games that. that are later on in the season that are going to be in prime time. That are, that's that's a reason why you'd want Matthew Stafford back this season is because you still want to see your football team play football. Yeah. You don't want to see them get their ass kicked every week. Yeah, no, like I- – I think the Stafford thing should be like, oh yeah, like have him sit out like a couple weeks, but then bring him back. Like he well, should. Yeah, be and he's the best you. way to evaluate your entire offense is if you have him in the, on the field, right? In the game. Yeah. Well, thank right. you guys for listening. You guys are the best. Yeah, we appreciate y'all, especially you, Bruce. Especially you, Bruce. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Um, always. We got more fun stuff coming up. Nick, we're going to be together towards Christmas time, so we'll make some some more fun YouTube content and stuff. I'm going to uh I'll, I'll be at the Raiders game, the Rams Raiders game. So Oh good. Yeah, cool. so it's on a Thursday, so maybe uh we can organize something to be fun. All my college friends are coming, so a show Nick best be meet and greet. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait. Oh my god. Are you The Nick line brothers of the pod. Oh my god. Are you Clarabel Cow? The lines equal, equal far lines. What's going on in that game? You keep looking up. Uh, I, I told uh, Bart that Kittle was going to score another touchdown. He just did. Oh, he did? Is Bart winning? I don't know. All right, fans. Thanks for listening. We love you. See you, Have guys. Have a great Thanksgiving. Have a healthy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your families. Enjoy football. A lot of great stuff to uh, be thankful for. Appreciate yeah. you guys very much. Yeah, you guys are the best. Thank you guys. Peace. Go Rams. Go Rams.